Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, morena, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Kete pehe koutou, how are you all? Well, kete pai, I am good. Don't worry, I, I haven't dropped off the face of the earth. Um, it just turns out that running uh, three weekly campaigns plus a fortnightly live stream podcast plus um, the odd one shot here and there plus a whole lot of band gigs on the run-up to Christmas because there's a lot of Christmas functions kind of having been gone on, um, plus trying to see friends and family, plus trying to do all the Christmas shopping, um, plus like all the Christmas do's I have to attend. Uh, it's just been a lot, crew. It's been a lot. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting in my car right now outside of work, knowing that I probably should walk into work because my work starts in about 11 minutes. But I've kind of figured work is only about three minutes down the road. So I have a few minutes that I can snatch here to talk to you briefly because I miss you. Oh, and um, and I, this episode has been burning a hole in my pocket and I really want to finish it today. I'm going to finish it today. So um, so because I've got another episode kind of in mind that I want to put out just before Christmas. So, uh, this is already just before Christmas. So I'm running out of time in my own brain. So this is me saying, hi, I missed you. How are you? Um, and I would love to hear from you. Um, I realized, yeah, I've been a bit quiet because I've been a bit busy, but oh my gosh, have I been busy? Okay. So uh, the two salt marsh campaigns continue. Um, both of them are actually at chapter seven now. So we're nearing the end of the published module sections. Both of them are launching at that in a completely different way. So one of them decided that they wanted to do some stuff around salt marsh before they launched on the next chapter. They have the hook for the next chapter and it's not that they're not interested, it's just that they really want to find out what's happening over here with Kaladek, the the unspoken, um, a very mysterious wizard that lives in Saltmarsh. And um, they also, uh, they owed him a favor because they they basically, one of, the, one of the characters didn't have any way of like moving through water and so they went to Kaladek and they asked him if he had anything and he was like, yeah, cool, I've got this armor I can give you. It's called Mariner's Armor. It's kind of cool, but like, also you owe me. Um, so they're kind of trying to clear that debt before Kaladek asked them of anything like too intense. And Kaladek has been obsessed with this tower in town. Well, it's not even a tower really. It's the ruins of a tower that once was once upon a time back in the days in Saltmarsh. And this particular tower is actually the Tower of Xenopus, which those of you who used to play, you know, D&D a while back will probably recognize because the Tower of Xenopus is actually one of the original modules from what I understand. So um, I... I had access to the original module, um, which was pretty, pretty cool, pretty exciting. Uh, and um, I happened to mention it to my players and they kind of fixated on it. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's my bad. Uh, so now we're playing through a 5e 
version of the original module Tower of Xenopus, which is very in keeping with what the Ghost of Saltmarsh module actually is. Because the Ghost of Saltmarsh module, as we all know, is a conglomeration of um, of various old school modules which have been updated to 5e and then just kind of shoved together in a book, regardless of whether they went together originally or not, which they do not, by the way. There's a lot of work a DM has to do to thread them, but... I also really enjoy that work. So um, so it kind of makes sense that they would be distracted by this tower and want to do it. So they're off on doing that. I've linked in the town a little bit. I've linked in um, old Kaladek and his um, his obsession with it. Um, they actually found out now that Kaladek is like a relative of Xenopus, but Xenopus is the way that he left the tower. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, you don't want to hear this. Skip ahead, like, I don't know, a minute or so. Um, so the way that Xenopus left the tower, um, nobody, like, it was it was left to his descendants, but the lock was kind of on, so any great wizard cannot enter. So <laughs> Kaladek approaches, like, my adventurers, and is like, yeah, cool, You got, none of you guys are great wizards, so, like, you'll be fine, um, which is true, by the way. None of them are playing wizard, so they can actually get into this tower. But I find it funny, the idea that one of the other party, if they ever explore this, does have a wizard, and I'm going to be like, none of you are great wizards, and he's going to be so offended, it's going to be great. Um... So the other the other party have decided to go straight down the the track of the seventh chapter, um, mainly actually because I have a new player now. So that's the other reason I've been so busy is because I've been working in new players. So I have a new player for Tuesday and a new player for Thursday. So my groups are basically full now, um, and as you all know when you're running for five or six people, um, it's a lot more work. Like there's more backstories, there's just more um, research, there's more prep, um, there's more like long-term planning, like are they staying in the campaign until level 20? Because all the rest of the players apparently are. Um, so, you know, what does their story look like? How am I hooking them in? Making sure that they're having a good time, making sure that the game still feels individualized. It's got links to them. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, right? So, yeah, I've been working them in, um, and so the other, the new player basically has this, like, mission that they were sent on from the lovely family that they used to live in, read, cult, cult, she used to live with a cult, um, and that cult is going to come up in the last chapter, in chapter eight, um, it's actually, uh, the town she's sort of nearby from, not from directly, but, like, she lives in the water she's like a water uh race character so she lives in the water near this town and it's very relevant to the last chapter so that'll be fun to play through with like lots of links for her but um in the meantime she's been given a mission to go find these artifacts these relics and um well also the other people looking for these relics are like the scarlet brotherhood and so she gets attacked on the road she realizes she needs more help trying to look for these artifacts she goes to selma she does some research with like craig where she also finds the rest of the players um looking for um signs for the other cults that they've come across and stuff so they're fascinated with her because she's talking about this like religion they freaking net 20 her um and like finding out like if she's like lying or um nat 20 her religion and they find out that like she's confused about her own cult which is great because again 
All right, if you skipped before, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Ghost of Saltmarsh. Um, the chapter eight, um, they're supposed to be like praying to a god that they they think that they are praying to, right? So like they've been praying to this god for forever. My god, I've forgotten his name. Um, anyway, regardless, so they 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 find like they find like a wee little cult that's been praying to this god forever, not really getting any reply, but just like still doing it. Um, and, uh, basically an Aboleth kind of goes insane, um, finds this cult, um, thinks it's great, kind of installs itself as like a leader of that cult, like pretending to be the God of the cult and actually talking to them, um, which gets very confusing. So he's not actually a God. He calls himself the whispering one, um, which is not any of the God's names, um, but they ref- they refer to him as like this particular god, so they think he is that, but they also call him the whispering one. So she's like referring to the patient one, the whispering one, and they're like, what? We don't know a god that's named that. And she's like, oh yeah, it's like this god. And they're like, no, that's an evil god like you seem like a lovely person that can't be right you've got you've got your wires crossed and of course the the player didn't know that the god she was praying to is like an evil god because she's playing a paladin right so and I explained well I did explain to her that if a paladin follows an evil god eventually there's going to be some religious confusion there and like loss of power and faith and stuff like that because um you know, like paladins are morally good, but she firmly believes that her family and what they're doing and they're, what they're fighting for is morally right, right? So because cult, um, the power of the cult uh, makes you think that like what you're doing is, is righteous and good and she doesn't have any problems and she was with a loving family. So she is happy and, and feels like she's doing the right thing. She's about to get a world broken. And I did make it very clear to her that, you know, like, the god she is following may not be a paladin worthy god because cult and she was like yeah that'll be fun to role play so okay um <laughs> we're gonna tackle that whenever that happens she might lose her paladin powers shrug um well any ideas for how that might play out please hit me up because i am a little puzzled as to how we're going to play through that I'm I'm letting my characters improv and play the game they want to play but I paladin who is evil Uh, it's not like a thing right like is she more powerful because she's evil does she play against the characters now I don't know um but we'll figure that out when we get there I guess um so yeah so she's when she goes back to chapter eight, she's about to figure out what all of that and like who she's been praying to and, 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 and then like, you know, react to that in whatever way. Um, so that'll be fun to figure out. So there's all of that. Okay. So that's just my two salt marsh. Um, and then my Icewind Dale team, um, they got to chapter two, which is where the world sort of opens up a bit more and there's a lot more other adventures to explore. So, you know, because the first sort of chapter just goes through the basics of 10 towns, like they can explore 10 towns, they get the little 10, each town has a wee little adventure, which is sort of, you know, a a one to three level kind of adventure. They can take it down pretty easy at third level. You get to fourth level and the world sort of opens up more because if we'd done any of the other adventurers, they would have died like straight away. Um... But the adventures that they've been on, they've actually struck the Durgar a couple of times. And, and so the world opens up and they now 
get a clue as to where the Durga um, fortress is called Sunblight. And they just went there. Um, unbeknownst to them, what that does as soon as they get to the fortress is triggers chapter three, which, <laughs> which, which they're in the next chapter like straight away. They don't even have time to explore the world. I'm hoping that they'll get to go back to the world. I'm, I'm pretty much going to play it like they can go back and they can follow another, um, you know, adventure thread out into the wider world if they were interested in one of them. But, um, yeah, so it triggers the third chapter, which is basically where the Shardalan dragon gets released from Sunblight um, to go and, like, destroy ten towns. So it's already rampaged through three towns right now, as it stands, um, as we played it to currently. And in our last game, what we did is we actually bought out, we went to a pub. Uh, we got some drinks, um, we got some snack, like pub food, like lots of fried chicken and and burgers and all that kind of stuff. And we bought out the big old Shardalan mini that I painted like so many moons ago. And we actually managed to do some fighting of that mini in person with their minis that they've purchased, their spell scrolls and their, their um, dice scrolls and their new dice. Like since I saw them last, they have made a lot of purchases into D&D, which is kind of great. I really enjoyed it. Like, two of them had Hero Forge minis, and, you know, they've done a bunch of work. So, they, you know, they're obviously enjoying it and sinking money in, which is, like, music to my ears. Um, and then, yeah, we played a Christmas pub game um, where we got to actually fight the big old mini, and they were just, like, in love with everything, and it was great. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the dragon is still on a rampage, and that's where we have to leave it. Because they can't play again because Sunday, our next Sunday, is Christmas Day. So it, that's not going to work. Uh, we're not playing Icewind Dale on Christmas Day. As much as I love them and I love d and I'm going to spend the day with my family. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where we've left that. Um, but that was an amazing conclusion to the game. Um, yeah, so it's look, it, I love running these campaigns. But I'm also kind of exhausted by running three campaigns um, for, you know, like each group has a minimum of five. One of them has six. So, you know, it's it's exhausting. Um, and I'm thinking next year I might have to wrap one of these groups up and not continue with another module because I actually just don't think I can keep up with three weekly campaigns and one fortnightly podcast live stream my brain is fried like it's it's too much individualizing the worlds for characters so yeah uh I've made the hard call in my brain to cancel one of them but I don't want to cancel it without finishing the book so and both salt marsh campaigns want to continue through and do till level 20 so I've already kind of decided we're going to speed run that. We're going to have like one or two sessions in the remaining six levels that we have um, so that they can play to level 20. Maybe we have three games at level 20 because probably the big bad fight's going to take like two sessions and then a session to like do other stuff, like wrap up the world, you know. So, oh, that still takes me through to like basically half a year, um, which is kind of annoying. But um after that, cancelling. Like, 
not going to be running both Tuesday and Thursday and then also Sunday. So I don't know whether it's going to be Icewind Dale that finishes first or one of the Saltmarsh finishes first because Icewind Dale, they haven't really expressed an interest in playing through till level 20. They just want to play the module and have some fun and finish the game. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And life also tends to get in the way and people pull out. Like I've definitely had two people leave the game as well as people joining. So... Um, I've just had to hardline to my boss in Questbook that even though technically I still have two spots in my games, I don't want any more. Um, so my games are full. And then I've also still had a request to pick up a new game. It's crazy um, to me. But I guess I should be really thankful that I'm like so popular and that people want to pay me money to play games with me because that is kind of the dream. Um, but it's just not enough money. <laughs> live off um and I've also you know had a a job change recently or nearly a job change recently so um with Capital City I'm still with Capital City I still love them I'm still having a great time here but um the HR manager left because of illness and I put my hand up for the role and they've hired me so uh, in less than you know five months basically um maybe less than four months i've already had a pay rise a job um what do you call that increase i don't know like job my brain no there's nothing um yeah anyway i've been hired for a a much more intense job a pay increase and they're going to give me a car so that was kind of great pre-Christmas news. I'm pretty excited to do that and actually really, really excited to get the role of a human resources manager. Such a great title for like future Jules to go explore if she doesn't want to be with Capital City forever. Um, But also, uh, you know, exploring that title in a way that's like not too high stress because it's a, it's a smallish company. Well, it's not smallish. It's, it's pretty big, but like there's only four sides that I need to worry about really. Um, And the role isn't ginormous. Um, There's a lot of help, a lot of support. Um, They, they've kind of shifted things around in the role for me so that when I come on board, I don't have to learn HR and payroll and health and safety. So they've taken the health and safety role and given that to somebody else temporarily um, with the idea that once I get my hang hang of payroll and HR, then they'll give um, health and safety back to me. And that'll be a pretty massive role. That'll keep me busy for a while, I imagine. So I'm really excited to start that in the new year. Um, the trick is that I have to find a replacement and make sure that they're settled and trained and in um, which is pretty much impossible to do right before Christmas nobody's like looking for a job right now and nobody's like quitting their job right now you know because annual leave and blah 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 so yeah we're we're we've put out the interviews we've interviewed a few people I've been training with people that are um, incumbents and they've applied um, and they wanted and we thought that the best way to show them what the role is and also get a look at them in the role is actually for them to come and do some work experience alongside me so not only have I been trying to do my day job doing my day job but I've also been trying to explain my day job to somebody else and then get them to do it and doing training with them and using this as a learning experience and bear in mind guys I've only been in this role for like three or four months so someone who is brand new basically to the role is also training somebody else in how to do the role um, and trying to do the role to the best of their ability it's been a lot 
It's been a lot. I don't have breaks right now. And if I do have breaks, I just kind of sit and stare at a wall and like let my brain just kind of melt out my ears for a little bit because that's nice. It's nice not to have to think or do anything for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and that's just the truth of it. Okay, so uh, that's um, a little bit of gaming update, a little bit of Jules life update. Um, I started recording this episode a while back, so um, let's see what past Julia has to add on to this episode, and um, maybe current Julia will be back to say some more stuff later. Okay. Anyway, I love you. Bye. been a while since we've heard from Haven. Haven, who is playing through Joey um, from Hindsightless, obviously. Joey's uh, campaign, The Wrath of the Righteous Group. Um, been really enjoying it. Um, it's the only game that I'm playing in at the moment, and so I look forward to it a lot. Um, we've had to cancel a few sessions with various things going on, and um, we had a recent session today, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun to be back with that crew. I really love hanging out with um, James and Laura and Jason and Joey. Uh, Woody wasn't there today, which is sad. We all missed him a lot. Um, but, you know, we're having we're having so much fun playing through this Pathfinder um, adventure path. And I just really enjoy Pathfinder and trying to get my character right. I get very cross with myself when I get things wrong. Um, today I started the session by not giving myself my normal bonuses and stuff and things hit me that should not have hit me if I had been paying attention. And uh, that's, you know, self-punishment. Um, luckily for me, uh, the the wizard of the party has, like, wizard of the party? I don't even know what he is. Um, he has, like, mythic tear healing and healed me for like 30 points after I took, you know, like 34. So it was basically like I hadn't even been injured, but that was just one hit and another one of those would have taken me out. So I was pretty cross at myself for not making myself pretty buff. Um, Haven's whole thing is that um, she is one with her shield and her shield can not only defend her with pretty intense <laughs> defense, honestly, with calling down um, my goddess's power. So I even as a as a paladin of Serenre, um, the Dawnflower. Um, so she can call down that power upon herself, obviously. But not only that, but she can um, expand that shield power to her friends around her as well. So, you know, I can give people like a plus four um, with one particular um, bonus that I have to their AC if they're within, um, you know, 10 foot of me and I can give all sorts of bonuses um, against fear if they're just near me and there's like all of these different things that I can do because her whole deal is, you know, protecting her found family. So, um, yeah, so I was pretty annoyed at myself for just going launching straight into battle with not actually having cast anything or prepped anything. So dumb, dumb, dumb. I will try not to do that again. I rewrote my character stats completely um, and sort of I find that's quite useful sometimes because, 
you know, yes, Pathfinder has um, a character sheet on roll 20 and yes, all the stats are there and I do definitely use that to roll because doing math on the fly is hard. So as much as I love rolling dice, um, it's kind of convenient to have the roll 20 set up and ready to go. But it's not super good for like figuring out what you should do on what turn, right? So I like to rewrite my character sheet out in a way that makes sense to me. So it's like, you know, I would do these things usually if it was the first turn of combat. If I had friends around me, this is what I would do. If it was, you know, if it wasn't my turn yet and somebody else was being hit but I'm next to them, I can actually do things about that to um, dampen the hit against them and, like, making those notes to myself so that I actually can be the best player I can be is it's really important. And um, I hadn't done it in a while, so I wasn't super – over my character so I found that the the act of rewriting things and writing them in a different way especially seeing as I've leveled a couple of times since the last time I wrote it anyways there's additional bits and pieces that were just kind of scribbled into gaps that weren't really there (laughs) for them um so being able to write all that out and give it a bit more space and breathing room and all of that um helped me to figure out what I should do best on my turns and stuff because otherwise you're like sitting there and you're like um I'm gonna do um 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 even though you've been thinking the whole time what you would do but I find that the person's action before me sometimes changes what I would do because you play together as a group and what they do does dynamically change what you might do in your turn so So, yeah, uh, we haven't heard from Haven in a while, so I thought it was about time that we get back to Haven's Diaries. It's just a wee short one for you, um, talking about where she's at and what might have happened because I'm pretty sure Joey is going to put out a recap episode. So this is me just kind of joining in. (laughs) Hi, Joey. The Diary of Haven and Ahira Lewis. Day. I don't even know. I lost my calendar on the road and I'm too tired to go and find out. The armies of darkness are many and fierce and some pretend to be our friends but still the light prevails and I hang on to this thought through the exhaustion that threatens to overwhelm me. But it's been too long since I last recorded the journey so I banish thoughts of sleep for just a moment longer. Through a winding path of side quests to clear my lady Serenray's temple from evil, we've come to Dresden at last, and found it fairly well guarded. It will take some tactical thinking in order to defeat the armies of cultists, tieflings, demons and ghouls that guard it now. I am glad that the majority of the dark forces have been pulled further south, because when I survey the battlefield as Anivia described it, I feel not just the determined force of right surging within me, and the voice of Yaniel always, ever, on my hip. But the flutter of hope. We can do this if we just plan our every step and prepare for every action. And today we took down three separate armies and freed a camp of prisoners. Prisoners all who were eager to be free and join the fight. We rested the 100 after their enormous bravery in battle, while these new personnel watch over the camp. Risky, I know. But faith is trust, and trust I must have if we are to get through this. Alice is in charge of a new force, and I know it means everything to him to have faith placed in him once more. As does everyone's faith in me as commander of the 100. We lost a few today. Words and prayers and ceremonies will be had tomorrow in their honour. 
but we must rest. Well, they must rest. (laughs) We couldn't rest. We had to take the bridge. It was not something that could be done by the 100 or even an army. It must be done by us, us few, us who know what to do. And so with Nix and Subin and Randor at my side, 100 at my back, Yanaliel on my hip and the dawn flower above, we took the bridge. We managed. We just. But it's not enough. We must rest. And yet I fear it. The army of darkness will not. I wouldn't be surprised if they attack in force tonight. I've posted guards. I've done my best to ensure our survival, our victory. I have faith in everyone. May Serenary cast her light on us as we rest and as we tackle the hardest part in the morning. Tomorrow, we enter Castle Dresden and it will not be an easy fight. My little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, friendship is magic. Hey, Jewel, this is Carl. I I thought I'd send an entry for the previous one, but it looks like the right decision was made. And one? But maybe there is a chance for future adventure as we gave the goblet to the elemental sultan. So I was debating over what to have as a cutie mark. And I was thinking like a scale. We fought the dragon. We fought the the crocodile. We scaled the mountain. And then that's when I it hit me. It should be the mountain. The mountain that we scaled and had our first adventure. I think that is what I would settle on to be uh, my cutie mark. I'm going to get a tattoo of a mountain on my butt now. All right. Thanks. Hey, Jules, it's BJ uh, calling in about uh, what, what the cutie mark should be. We've, um, well, we've, we've traipsed through the wilderness. We've explored a library for forgotten lore. We've wound through caves in a dungeon to confront a dragon. Uh, we visited a parallel plane of existence, so I think the only proper cutie mark after this adventure would actually be uh, a D20, you know, with the 20 side up. That, that would be the, the, the best cutie mark. Or maybe the D&D, you know, Amperstand that they make it out of the dragon. I guess Hasbro owns both My Little Pony and D&D, so it wouldn't be a trademark infringement, would it? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, enjoying the episodes. Talk to you later. Yo, Jules, awesome, awesome episode. Kick-ass on singing Tool. I love Sober. It's a fantastic song. I love that video. When that first came on MTV, it was like, dude, this band rules. <laughs> anyway, amazing conclusion to the Pony episodes, or maybe not, but an amazing conclusion to that Pony adventure. Uh, nice work, everybody. We did it. I think my cutie mark is in the shape of the obsidian cup to remind me constantly that there is danger out there, that there could be trouble coming on the horizon for now. We can sit back, eat some hay or whatever the ponies eat kind of relax, but 
We have to stay vigilant. Awesome, awesome episode. That was fantastic. Okay, I need to go to the Fuddy Paka, so I will talk to you later. I don't think I said that right, but I tried. <laughs> Peace out. Hey, Jules, the Pink Phantom here. Uh, I was going to call in with my idea for a cutie mark, but I can't really think of a good symbol for bravery and compassion, which is, I think, what we showed in our in our little pony adventure. So I'm going to suggest something, you know, a lot more literal and say maybe a portal, like a, a you know, a glowing gateway or uh, maybe a dragon curled up around a chalice. That's pretty literal. Also, I was going to ask, does the nerds plane of adventure harmony and Equestria, do they intersect? Do they over... Uh, overweave each other because having those two things together would be pretty sweet. I hear the crickets. I'm going to go now. It's quite a long way back to Van Hoover and you're incredibly tired. You make it to the end of the tunnel that leads out of the dragon's lair and there ahead of you is Van Hoover far in the distance. From the mountainside, you can see all the way past it to the North Lunar Ocean, orange like fire in Celestia's evening sun. In front of that amazing view, a thought occurs to you. I think I could get used to this adventuring thing. I hope you have enjoyed A Dragon's Bounty and your first adventure in the Tales of Equestria story game. You've taken your first steps into the world of Equestria, faced a dragon, helped the people of Van Hoover, you are a true hero. But the adventure does not end here. Equestria is a realm teeming with magic and mystery. Fearsome creatures lurk in dark places, wondrous spells weave spectacular light shows, and forgotten lore is just waiting to be discovered. Ponies all over the land are in need of help, and an adventurer like you is just who they need. In A Dragon's Bounty, you've read a tale of adventure reacting to questions and challenges as they arose. Essentially, this book has been the narrator, the game master. The game master does not have to be a book, however. It could be you, or even a fan, friend or a family member. When a person is the game master, they create a fantastic world for other people, the players, to experience. This is called a role-playing game, or RPG for short. For example... The Game Master might decide to create an adventure about a dragon. Before playing, the Game Master would come up for the reason for the dragon to be causing a problem. Maybe it has decided to fall asleep in the middle of an important road. Decide where it is, a road in the mountains maybe, and think about how the players might handle this situation. The players take on the role of the heroes, the ponies who somehow get involved in the situation at hand. Maybe they hear a rumour about the dragon blocking the road and they decide to investigate. Each of them creates a character with traits, talents, a cutie mark and of course friends. They'll use all of these things during the adventure to try and solve the problem at hand. The actual playing of the game is sort of like a conversation between the game master and the players. The game master will set the scene, describe what is going on around the player characters then the players will reply with how they think their character would respond. What would they do? The game master will tell them how their actions affect the scene, perhaps requiring a test or a challenge. 
Some actions require successful dice rolls to carry out. And then the conversation continues back and forth until the scene, and eventually the story is over. Will you be a player, create a character, and face the adventures of Equestria? Will you be a game master, take the reins of the story, and lead others on a fantastic quest? You might continue from a dragon's bounty, playing a new story set in Van Hover with the same pony characters. You might start fresh, creating a new party of characters. Pegasi, unicorn or earth pony? Strong or smart? What cutie mark would you choose? And when you're ready to take the next step, the Tales of Equestria core rulebook will expand the game and teach you how to create different characters as players or create adventures as game masters. It contains rules for different type pony types, talents, equipment, levels, leveling up, stats for non-player characters and monsters, and even another adventure contained inside the core rulebook to get you going. Magic, adventure, and friendship awaits in Tales of Equestria, the storytelling game. I hope you've enjoyed your exploration of My Little Ponies. RPG called Tales of Equestria. I actually have uh, two more adventures within this world um, that I now own because I love this story and this RPG so much. The little simpleness of the tests and the challenges. The I actually also own the bestiary now um, because it just seemed like too much fun to not. I'm... Um, So, yeah, if you've enjoyed this, there is a whole lot more adventure to explore and I encourage you to do so. Uh, Yeah, have fun out there, ponies, and I can't wait to hear what adventures you head on next. And I think with that, that's a wrap. Yay, I did it. I finished recording before Christmas. Whew, that's tight. I hope I get it out before Christmas. I really hope I get it out before Christmas. I can do this. I can totally do this. I can put it out really soon. Anyway. (laughs) My life is a mess, guys. Um, And I really appreciate you sticking with me because it means everything to know that you're still out there um, supporting and enjoying. And I'm so sorry this has taken so long to get out. I'm... I promise in the new year I will actually go back to being better. My job is changing. Like I said, my life is you know, settling a bit. I'm actually going to cancel some D&D, I think. Uh, That's a hard call to make, but I think it needs to be made. So I get back my sanity because I'm not doing great (laughs) right now with so much stuff to do. I'm kind of missing a whole lot of deadlines for a whole lot of stuff. There was a lot more I wanted to do creatively before Christmas that I just didn't get to do. So... Hopefully I manage to get this out and then, well, we'll see from there. And um, all I really wanted to add to this is a big personal thanks to the people out there that support my podcast, you know. James, Jason, Barry, Laren, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl and BJ, you mean a lot to me. And I just want to say a big, a big, big, big thank you. Um, Enohora, everybody. Kakita ano. Aroha nui. Mwah. And, you know, Merry Christmas. Yeah, I didn't make it before Christmas. Whoops.